Well, I'm excited this morning. We're starting a new theme. Tell your neighbor and say, in the zone. You know, I don't know if you ever watched Joel play basketball. It's exactly how Joel shoots and makes it every time, right? So his, they made that. I mean, it looks just like him, too. But, um, you know, there's it, it the theme, and there's a, a saying in the NBA and, and in sports, you know, in the zone. If you look up that in the dictionary, it means happy or excited. There's something passionate moving inside of you, something that you're doing very skillfully and easily. And so as we watch that, just to give us a little mental picture of someone in the zone, and there's guys who are shooting up the ball like crazy, and it's just going in perfectly, and it looks so perfectly. Now, some of those are a little older. If you follow the NBA today, it's more like, you know, Steph Curry and, and all those guys who, who shoot like that. But... Professionally, professional athletes, they all have their moments. Do they play like that every single game? Absolutely not. There are moments that they're in the zone and everything is just clicking and everything that is working. For us in here this morning, the question is, when it comes to God, when it comes to spiritual things, are we in his zone? Or are we like the professional athletes, we're on, we're off. We're on, we're off. God wants us to find the place where we dwell and live in his zones. We all live in different zones. We live in different time zones, right? We live within, we know that there's a physical, a mental part of us, emotional, spiritual. And so all of us live in these different zones. I found this beautiful graph yesterday. It's called the comfort zone. And if you were to look at this comfort zone, what's crazy about this thing and it's pretty darn accurate if you ask me. Comfort zone, feeling safe and in control. And all of us in this room, every one of us, we know this zone very, very, very well, the comfort zone. Second one, the fear zone. This is affected by other people's opinions. We find excuses and lacking self-confidence. The next zone, the learning zone, learning to deal with challenges and problems, acquiring new skills, extending the comfort zone. And lastly, the growth zone, finding purpose, living dreams, setting new goals, realizing aspirations. Every one of us in here, we live in some type of zone. There is some zone that we live in. We live in that. There's a comfort zone. There's a fear zone. There's a growth zone. There's a learning zone. And the question is, what zone are you in this morning? When it comes to spiritual matters, when it comes to things that are really, 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 really important, playing basketball, shooting threes, it's really important to them. That's what they get paid to do. If they stop making shots, you know what's going to happen? Eventually the contract's going to wear out, and they're not going to make as much money on the next contract. In this spiritual life, what God has asked you to do, what God has put you here to do, the question is, how am I performing in the zone that he put me in? How am I performing in the God zone? Am I giving my very, very best in the zone that he's placed me in? Or am I stuck somewhere in the comfort zone? Or am I stuck somewhere in the fear zone? Every situation, every moment, every thought, every dance, every single thing that we go through, all of us find ourselves in one of the different zones. But the question is, which one are we living in right now? So we start this new theme, and I'm super pumped up. It's called In the Zone. Our scripture this morning that we're going to kind of use as our diving board is James chapter 1, starting in verse 2. 
And if you have your Bibles, it'll be up here on the screen. If you don't have your Bibles, you can read along. James chapter 1, starting verse 2. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, James chapter 1, starting verse 2. Troubles, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. You know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. When your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Verse 5, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God. He'll give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking, but when you ask, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Listen to verse 6. This is crazy. When you ask... Be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver. For a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord because their loyalty is divided between God and the world. They are unstable in everything that they do. You know, as you look at these scriptures and you start, what, I, what I'm so fascinated, and I love this about James, this is Jesus' half-brother. And if you want to know why he's a half-brother, because they had the same mom, right? Mary had the same mom, but they did not have the same dad. Jesus' dad was the Holy Spirit, right, his heavenly father, right? But James, that was Joseph. And look what he says about his brother. Brothers and sisters, actually, I didn't put that on there. Verse 1 says... I am a slave of God, and I'm a slave of Jesus Christ. He says, James, Jesus' half-brother, what does he say about his half-brother? I'm a slave of God, and I'm a slave to Jesus Christ. Can you imagine saying that to one of your siblings? I'm going to be your slave. I'm here to be your slave, and I'm going to do 24 hours, seven days a week, all I'm going to do is I'm going to follow you around and I'm going to be your slave. I'm going to wash your feet. I'm going to wash your car. I'm going to vacuum your car. I'm going to clean your house. Who doesn't need one of those personal slaves, right? It's wonderful. James, I love the, the James. He got this. As a young kid, he didn't get it. He saw Jesus grow up. Jesus was normal. He's a normal kid. Yes, he was special. Yes, he did special things as, as a kid. But Jesus and James, they hung out. And so for part of their life, they didn't really get Jesus. But when it comes to him writing the book of James, everything clicked and everything he understood in his heart, mind, and soul. This is my half-brother, but I am a slave. I'm a slave for what he came for. I'm a slave for what Jesus did, what Jesus said. I'm a slave of my half-brother because I now understand everything that he is. Last week we finished a theme called Bilingual. And if you understand the theme and the purpose of it, it was to say we live in two worlds and they are divided. There's a physical world and there's a spiritual world. There is absolutely division between the two. And they're constantly fighting. The physical world wants control of your spiritual world. The physical world wants to dominate every part of your life. While the spiritual world, God is where, it's where he connects himself to you. But as being bilingual, for me... I'm not bilingual, and I only get one language. And so if you speak to me in a different language, what does it sound to me? It sounds foreign. Just like as God today, he's speaking to you things that are very precise, very specific, very clear instructions. He's drawing. He's leaning. He's trying to grab you. He's trying to pull you in. But for many, because the physical world is so dominating, you're not getting what he's saying in the spiritual world. 
because it sounds foreign. And so today as we jump into our new theme, we look at this and we use James as our diving board because we're going to end up somewhere completely different. But as we start with this and James is our diving board, he starts by saying trouble. Turn to your neighbor and say, are you in trouble? Do you have any trouble? Now what does he say? What does James say about trouble? And I love this. Be happy when trouble comes your way. How many of us rejoice when something bad happens? How many of us, we are jumping up and down, we are screaming, we're shouting when it happens to us, when it happens to our kids, when it happens to our friends, when it happens to our family. How many of us, we are so excited when trouble happens? James says, listen, God is using trouble to test your faith. Your faith is being tested. And he says, when your faith is being tested, you're giving endurance a chance to grow. How many of us know that in sports you need endurance to have a really good, complete game? How many of us know you need to be strong, not only physically, but also mentally? Does that happen overnight? Absolutely not. In spiritual terms, do we think that we're just, we're just super Christians overnight? Or does God try to use what James says, trouble, persecution, testing our faith, so that what? Your endurance has a chance to grow. If we're going to live in a God zone, then we have to let our faith be tested. If we're going to live in a God zone, we have to let our endurance grow, even when we don't feel like it. Endurance meaning cheerful, patience, waiting, faithful, dependable, enduring, unchanging, remaining in operation. And so as James was speaking this word, he was saying, listen, endurance, this is what I want you to be, cheerful, patient, continuing, always, waiting, always, faithful, dependable, enduring, and unchanging, remaining, always in operation. What operation does God want you to remain in? To continue that word because it's, there's a lot of definitions. To stay under, to remain, to undergo, to bear something, to have fortitude, to preserve, to abide, to endure, to be patient, and even at times suffer. And he said through your faith being tested, endurance has a chance to grow. But when your endurance starts to grow, he says then you're going to lack what? Nothing. Now you're moving. Now you're growing because you're allowing God to test you and move you in ways that most of us, we don't want to be. And James goes on, and this is where he starts to get a little crazy here, and I love this. But he says, if you need something, ask God. But he says, watch when you ask. Because if you're asking but you're not really believing, don't expect to get it. If you're asking for something and you want a miracle, but it's kind of like I'm kind of praying, but I'm kind of not really believing he's going to do it. This is what James is saying here. Don't, you're not going to get it. If you're praying and believing and asking for something, but you kind of have one foot in prayer and the other foot, it's, it's hanging out the door, are you going to get it? James says, absolutely not. He says, why? Because we live with divided loyalty. We live with divided loyalty. Unsettled. As the wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind, divided, wavering, to be withdrawn, to hesitate, to doubt, to judge, to be partial, and to stagger 
around. Divided loyalty, he said, don't expect God and heaven to answer if your loyalty is divided. God, I'm believing in you, but I'm trusting somebody else. God, I believe in you, but I'm looking to somebody else. God, I'm hoping you're going to come through, but if you don't, I got plan B, C, D, and E, F, G, all the way down to Z. God, I'm, I'm praying and I'm asking, but I'm not really believing. Divided. Can we be where God wants us to be in his zone if we're divided? Can we this morning right now, can we be where he wants us to be if we're already watching the clock? Can we be where God wants us to be if we're already thinking, when is John going to get through this? When is John going to get over? If we come to church and it's when does it start, when does it end, I'm feeling this, I'm feeling that, I'm hungry for this, I'm hungry for that. If we have so much things going on in life, we're so divided and we're so torn that we're not listening for the Holy Spirit. Are you listening this morning for the Holy Spirit? There is nothing that anyone needs to say and anything that anybody needs to do. But in this moment, the question is, is are we consistently inconsistent in our Christian walk? Are we like what James described as someone who gets blown by the wind? We're like in a wave, and, and every wave that comes by, it blows us over. Are we in our faith, when our faith gets tested, when we, when we have something, an opportunity for God to test us and try us and pull us and stretch us, are we allowing that to happen? Or are we consistently inconsistent? Sometimes what happens without realizing it, this is what our Christianity looks like. You know, sometimes, you know, the very beginning in every part of that video, you like it. You know, he's driving, and if you know that cartoon, it's a beautiful cartoon, but he's thinking of how to get rid of these girls. He uses the girls for what he needed, and then he wanted to get rid of the girls. As soon as that little girl screamed, what did he do? See that? That poor man who was fishing, not paying attention, just <laughs> knocks him off the railing, right? See, sometimes our Christianity, what you don't realize is your attitude and sometimes your ups and downs in life, you're pushing people off the rail. And then what does he do? She's screaming, and he finds out what she's screaming about. It's, oh, look at that playground. I can take him there. I can drop him off. Light bulb. He gets there. He's so excited to drop him off and leave him. But then he finds out, oh, my gosh, I got to go with him. Oh, my gosh, I got to help. Oh, my gosh, I got to do something. Oh, my gosh, I need to serve. Oh, my gosh, I got to give. I got to do this. And what does he have to do? He gets on the roller coaster. Gets on the roller coaster, and at first he's so excited and he's up and he's pumped up and then his adrenaline's flowing. But what happened by the end of the roller coaster? Man, he was so down in the dumps. He pukes. You know, in church, we see this all the time up, down, all around, knocking people over without realizing it with our heart and our attitude. Like James describes, someone who's being tossed by the wind, every wave that comes by, it's up, it's down, it's all around. As soon as somebody says something, as soon as I don't get something, something bothers me, I'm up, I'm down, and I'm all around. And so if we were to ask ourselves this morning in the zone and all the different zones that we talked about, you know, when you think about comfort zone, the question is when it comes to different zones, where is your dwelling place defined as a place of residence? Where are you residing in this morning? Where is the zone that you are residing in this morning? Because the question is, see, God has so many great things for you. God has something bigger, greater, all of those things. 
But in order to get there, how many of us know there's always two roads? There's always two choices. Jesus described it, there's the narrow road to heaven and there's the wide road to hell. When Jesus was here and he's talking with the devil and they're hanging out and they're playing chess back and forth, when they're there, the devil knew Jesus has his road planned out for him. Suffering, sacrifice, death. Let me knock him off that road. Let me give him option B. Hey, worship me. I'll give you everything that you see. I'll make it pretty. I'll make it comfortable. I got the perfect curtains for the house already laid out for you. Anything you want. He gave him an option B. And so the question this morning is, in our zone that we're living in and we're dwelling in, is it the zone that God has placed for you? Is this the zone? Is this the zone? Are you thriving personally? When you are being tested, are we jumping up and down saying, yes, I'm being tested. Yes, God's given me the opportunity to grow. My spiritual growth, I feel it. I want it. I see it. And to be honest, it starts with all of us taking a moment back to say, honestly, there's areas of my life that I'm just holding back. Honestly, it's easier for every one of us. You know, Jesus in Matthew 7, 1 through 5, he says, don't judge others and you won't be judged. For you'll be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you'll be judged. Why worry about the speck in your friend's eye when you got a log in your own eye? This is one of the things that plagues the church as whole. We as Christians sometimes, we talk about the specks in everybody's eye while not seeing the log that's sticking out of our eyes. Constantly talking, constantly bashing, constantly putting other people down. All the time, what God is trying to do, you know what sometimes? God frustrates other people to frustrate you. Why? He's using them to test you. But when we get tested because somebody's frustrated, they're frustrating me, what do we do? We do it like we do in Gru. Accidentally, let's just knock them off the rail. Let's just dump them real quick. So, all of that to say this morning, follow along as we jump into a new theme. And we look at the life of a man who, he had an amazing up and down kind of life. But no matter what he went through, no matter what he went through, and I only have another 45 minutes, no matter what this man went through in this story, no matter what was up, what was down, what was all around, this man in this story, he stayed in the zone. And so very quickly this morning, as we start our series, and all of that intro, just to get into our main text, Genesis chapter 37, verse 1, it says this, Jacob settled again in the land of Canaan, where his father had lived as a foreigner. This is the account of Jacob and his family. When Joseph was 17 years old, he often tended his father's flocks. He worked for his half-brothers, the sons of his father's wives, Billa and Zilpha. But Joseph reported to his father some of the bad things that his brothers were doing. He was a tattletale. Verse 3, Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other children because Joseph had been born to him in his old age. And one day Jacob had a special gift made for Joseph, a beautiful, nice robe. But his brothers hated Joseph because their father loved him more, more than the rest of them, and they couldn't say one kind thing to him, never. 
the story starts off, and this talks about this 17-year-old man. And I am so excited to take this journey on with this 17-year-old man, this 17-year-old who lives and thrives in a zone. He gets to where he needs to go. He gets to the place that he needs to be. He gets everything that God needs him to get. And it's sometimes it's scary, and sometimes it's ugly, and sometimes it's dark, and sometimes it's stinky, and sometimes it's really, really horrible and lonely. But you know what? Through everything that this man goes through, he stays in the place. His faith is being tested. And he says, God, my endurance is growing. God, use me. And he stays in his zone. And so for, for Joseph, we see this man, he was born. And you know what he was? You would hope this of all parents. He was loved. He was loved. But the, the little twist with this love is he was loved more than anybody else. Jacob, he was kind of a different kind of gentleman. He had four wives. He had two wives, and then those two wives gave him their, their servants, and so he ended up having four wives. But out of the four, there was only one that he loved. There's only one girl that he loved out of the four. The other three that he used. It's not right. It's not pretty. It's just how it is. Right? Joseph grows up in a home. He was loved, but you know what he also was? He was also hated. And you know what's weird about this story, which is so crazy? All of us, how many of us, we don't love some good family drama, right? How many of us, we love family drama? You know, with the 7 billion people on this planet, we love family drama. It's everywhere. Every household has some kind of family drama. It just is, right? Give me a house that doesn't have any kind of drama at all. I don't believe it. I'm not going to buy it. If there's family drama that happens in our homes, why are we afraid when drama happens in churches? Why is it the drama of church sometimes freaks people out? They're like, oh, this is a holy place. And I got to get out of here because drama is happening. Why is it that when drama starts to happen and God's saying, listen, just like in your home, drama is happening, drama's going on. And when you have drama in your house, when you have bad things happening in your house, it's an opportunity for growth. And when you come to church, this is also called a family. And when drama happens at church, it's also a place for growth. And it's also a place for our faith to be tested. And I feel bad for this guy because you know what, Joseph? Was it his fault that he was loved more than anybody else? You know, was he talking with God and having the conversation, listen, I only want to be born if my dad would love me more than anybody else? Did he have that conversation? Did he have that conversation with God? I'm only going if I'm treated better than everybody else. I don't think so. It wasn't his choice. He was loved more than anything. And you know what he found himself in this house? In the middle of love and in hate. He had love on one side, and he had hate on the other side. Everywhere he went, everything that he did, he found himself in the middle. Turn to your neighbor and say, are you in the middle? Are you in the middle? And you know what happens sometimes when we're in the middle? We waste a lot of time. Man, we waste a lot of time. Because you know what? I know so many Christians who are just squandering, wasting their time when God's saying, you could be thriving right now, but you ignored my test. You didn't let your faith grow. You gave up on endurance. You gave into the drama. You gave into things that were bothering you. You could be so much farther along, but you're wasting 
your time. And then there's believers who are kind of like James where he said, you know what? They're divided loyalty. I'm in the world, but I'm in church. I'm in the world, but I've got a little bit of God here, and i got a little bit of the world here. Is that how God wants you to live and thrive? No! Does that mean we point fingers and say, well, I am because they did? Does that give us the excuse to say, I can screw up because that person screws up? You're not going to get to heaven and have that conversation with Jesus. I can do what I want to do because they're doing what they want to do over there. You, me, we, we have to be accountable, responsible for our own actions. God wants you to grow above everything else. He wants you to grow into the calling, the reason, the purpose that he made you. But too many people, too many of us, me included, you know what we do? Sit around and waste time. Wasting time. Let's stop wasting time. As much as all of us, listen, I love some good drama just like the rest of you. Right? And I can be a drama person just like some of us else in here can be drama people. Right? We all know how to give a little drama. Right? We know how to give it. But most of us, we don't know how to take it, right? But we like to give it because it's much better to give sometimes than to receive. We like to give the drama, but we don't like taking it. Everything that God is putting you through right now, he's asking you, are you letting your endurance and faith grow? Or are you going to continue to waste time? And you know what happens when we start wasting time? You cycle and you revert back, and you're going to start all over at the end of the line. I'll never forget one time, and it's a sad, sad story, but we, we used to do this thing called food ministry. How many of us remember feeding the homeless, right? And one time we had this widow who she had nothing to eat. Her, her cupboards were bare. She was hungry. She was starving. And so after service, she cut out two minutes early, okay, shame on her, right? And if I had a chance to talk to her, I'd say, shame on you too. It was really good at the end. Just kidding. But she gets out, and one of our helpers says, now that you came out early, I'm going to make you go to the end of the line. What you do sometimes without realizing is you do this spiritually all the time to yourself. You're trying to take shortcuts in the gospel, shortcuts in the kingdom. Jesus said there's one road that leads to the right place. It's narrow, it's tough, it's rough, it's not easy. But if you follow, the blessing and the rewards will blow your mind. Too many of us are trying to take shortcuts this morning, and you know what's happening? He's saying, now go back to the end of the line. Now go back to the end of the line. We talked about trust the other night at our men's night. One of the greatest verses in the Bible, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on what you know, lean on him. But let's be honest, every single day, how many of us lean on what we know? How many of us wasting, wasting so much time? And instead of being in the place where he wants us to be in the zone, we're wasting precious moments where we could be thriving, where we could be farther along. I don't know about you, but I'm done wasting time. I'm done. I can't tell you how many times I make stupid little mistakes sometimes, right? Say dumb little things. Fail little tests that God puts in my life and in my way. I do. If I do, I'm sure one of you maybe do, right? Maybe. maybe more than you do. I don't know, Joel, maybe you make a mistake once in a while. Once a year maybe or 
Maybe. Yeah, maybe it's your thought. So we start this new theme in the zone. We're, we're looking at a man, and we're looking at a man who was born in the middle of drama. He had family drama in his house, just like there's family drama in God's house, and there's drama everywhere we go. What are you doing with the drama in your life? What are you doing with the drama in your life? Because I know what God's trying to do with the drama in your life. He's pushing you hard to grow, to thrive, to be in the zone. And so as we wrap up this morning, the questions are, are we letting God honestly teach us through tests? Are we giving our faith the chance to grow? Are we letting our kids, are we letting ourselves, are we letting our friends, our families, are we stepping in to be God to them or are we letting God get through to them as well? Are we trying to stop what God has started? Are we trying to stop every single thing that God starts? Are we being blown by the wind this morning, by the sea, by the waves, by words, by what people say? When we don't get out of God what we think we should get. Right now we have to stop. We got to pray. We need to stop running. We need to stop accusing. We need to stop pointing. We need to look up. God, where are you testing me? God, help me to be honest. God, help me to stop blaming others. God, help me to start taking accountability for my own growth. Help me, God, to stop being concerned with everyone else's. God, help me to leave room in my life for growth. God, help me to forgive everyone 70 times 7, which means unlimited forever. God, fill me again with the Holy Spirit today. God, just like James, the half-brother, help me to be a slave under giving all control over to you, everything with the power and help, God, that you have. As we pray this morning, stand with us. We're going to close in a song this morning. And as we wrap up, I started with this comfort zone. And if we're honest this morning, many of us, this is a place where we dwell in that first two zones, the comfort zone, which is really hard for us to read because it's really blurry. But I'm telling you, it says comfort zone, feeling safe and in control, the fear zone, lacking self-confidence, finding excuses, being affected by other people's opinions. Those two zones are the most popular zones in the world that people dwell in today. We have dwelled there. Family members have dwelled there. Our kids have dwelled there. No matter where we were, the question is where you are this morning. And you know what's crazy as we continue on this story, we're going to see, we know that Joseph was loved above everybody else. He was loved. His dad loved him. His dad spoiled him. But no matter how much his dad loved him, could that stop the trouble that he was about to go through? No. Your heavenly father, he loves you. Your heavenly father, he cares about you. And because he loves you and because he cares about you, he's trying to use things in you and around you to grow you. And Joseph did, and he grew, and he did great things because he lived in the zone. You know, the brothers in that story, and I promise I'm closing with this, the brothers in the story, they could not understand the favor that Joseph had. And when you're in the favor of God, there's many people in your life, they don't get that favor either. When you're blessed, when you're moving and things are good, other people sometimes, they don't understand that favor. And so you're going to be hated at times as well. Understanding, we can be hated, but not to not let that hate get to us. 
Sometimes, like Abraham, God says, I bless you to be what? A blessing. And if you're blessed above all and you feel favored, go out and bless somebody else today.